part two of our conversation with Aaron Layton of JustBaseball.com, this time going all about the Royals farm system, where the Royals sit right now down on the farm, and how help is on the way for the big league club. All that and more coming up on today's show, Locked On Royals on Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, and that's where I, I think that you have to do it if you're the Royals. I think that right now, Nicky Lopez might have more trade value uh, than Mondesi pound for pound because you don't want to just give away Mondesi because he's that kind of player that would really come back to bite you. I know it's frustrating that he gets hurt all the time, but if he somehow did find that stroke of luck with his injuries and was able to play a full season like he's never been able to really do so far, he would be that all-star caliber, maybe even plus all-star uh player, especially depending on the lineup, you know, protection, things like that. I think that with Nicky Lopez, you're right on, on the fact that the only thing we know for sure Nicky Lopez is, is a really, 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 really good defender, borderline elite defender, and at the plate, he had a good year this year, a, a way better year than anyone could have projected, and an actual good bat in the lineup, which he's never have been and never showed signs of being, and was in, in spring training and was awful and so bad the Royals sent him down after trying to hand him the job all season. And you know that's not characteristic of the Royals, who pretty much stick with their guys through thick and thin, even when they shouldn't. And he was atrocious in spring training. And after hyping him up as a starting second baseman all offseason, they still sent him down, and he got bailed out by Montesi's injury. And it was a wake-up call for him, and he hit very well. He hit the best of his career this year. But how much of that can you depend on this season. And for me, and I think for everyone else, I'm holding my breath on if he's going to give you that at the plate. Now he can regress a little bit at the plate and keep that elite defense and still be a really good baseball player. So I think that there's uh, a way there to trade him right now and get a ton of value back for him. It just kind of all depends on if Dayton more seriously views 2022 as the window, or is that a talking point for him? Because he's been talking for five years about how 2022 is the year, 2022 is the year you have been attendee. In that last year of his contract, can you extend him or will this be your final year with Benatendi and you have to make something happen right now? What just basically what is the what is the actual goal? Is it a talking point just to keep fans interested or is it legitimate that Dayton Moore views this year with possible playoff expansion as the year to go for it? And, and can we see more moves like we saw last year whenever he signed Carlos Santana and signed Mike Miner and signed um, uh, Michael A. Taylor? Can can we see those improvements from his seat this year. I think that this farm system can really help him out. Yeah. You know, I think that the moves they made last off season reinforced what he was saying. It wasn't, it wasn't smoke and mirrors. It wasn't him saying, Hey, I, I want to do this. And then, and then doing the opposite, he, the moves that he made were, were implying that, you know, we think that we can compete in, and they showed that in, at points and then just hit a wall a bit, but you know, there was injuries. He was, Duffy for a significant amount of time when he was you know, probably one of your best pitchers uh, and was fantastic through the beginning of the season. There was a lot of injuries that they dealt with and, and some issues that just you, you can't really account for when you're a team like the Royals that's maybe not as deep as others. That being said, I expect him to make a couple moves this offseason uh, and continue to reinforce that. But at the same time, you're still looking at the future long term as well. You, you got to be happy with some of the talent you have in the system if you're the Royals. 
So I don't want to trade away too much from the farm system. That's why I think trading a Nicky Lopez is, is the right move because you can go get a starting pitcher or, or go get something that you need uh, with a Nicky Lopez plus a, a prospect or two that are outside of your top 10. There's a team out there that will take Nicky Lopez that needs a good shortstop defensively and you know even an average bat there. Yes, the 347 batting average on balls and play points towards some regression, but even if he's a guy that's hitting slightly below average, as you mentioned, the defensive value is huge. 4.4 war in 2021. And, you know, th- there's no disputing that from Lopez. Even if he's more at the three and change mark, he's still an average shortstop in this game. And there's a lot of value there. And he's got controllability and all of that stuff. So I think you go and trade Lopez for a pitcher that can help you now. Um, and, and I think that's something that you could probably find the right match there. Uh, a team like the Phillies could be interested in that if they end up striking out on, on some of the shortstop uh, prospects or excuse me, shortstop free agents that they're looking at. So there's definitely a match there. And I would rather trade from some of that surplus at the big league level than trade from the prospects because at the top end, I would say a lot of those guys are untouchable Prado Melendez, obviously Bobby Witt, but then there's even some other prospects that I really like in this system that I wouldn't want to deal like a Vinny Pascantino. He is somebody that I don't think gets enough love. I think Baseball America had him at 28, which is outrageous. Uh, when we drop our top 10, it's probably going to be out by the time people are listening to this, our top 10 prospects for the Royals. Pascantino is well inside that top 10. Uh, I've seen more than enough on him and, and heard more than enough from players who played against him, with him. This is a guy that sneakily could be a part of, of the big league team at some point next year, too, if they need a bat. Uh, limited to first base, so you got to figure out how that's going to work with Prado and you know, but people always get hurt, unfortunately. And, and I think that there's going to be an opportunity for Pascantino there. He's the only player in all of the minor leagues to have a strikeout to walk ratio of one and hit more than 20 home runs. What else do you want from a player? Uh, so I, I'm really high on Pascantino uh, and, and I'm still interested in Isbell. I think he can be an above average player as well. I don't want to trade those guys. So Nicky Lopez and, and some fillers are probably the guys I'm looking to deal. Interesting stuff there. Now, your top 10 list for JustBaseball.com, you have Witt Jr., Melendez Prado, one, two, three. Now, you also have Asa Lacey at four. And I don't know if you saw on Instagram last night, but it looked like Asa Lacey hit 100 miles per hour and down in Arizona for the first time in his career. And when we saw kind of a leak on that on, on Instagram. Asa Lacey is a college pitcher, so that can lead you to believe that he might be closer to the big leagues than, of course, a high school pitcher who was drafted recently. What do you think the timeline is on Asa Lacey? And what kind of caliber of player do you think Asa Lacey will be? Is he a number one starter in your eyes or something something less than that? He's such a hard guy to, to project because, I mean, <laughs> you talk about 100. I mean, if he's throwing 100 with the secondary stuff that he has, forget it. I mean, he, he's, he's got some of the best stuff in the minors as a lefty. The problem is he doesn't have that much confidence in his secondary stuff right now. So I am happy to hear that his fastball is hitting triple digits because that means he can, he can get away with relying on the fastball. I was shocked to see the pitch data on the season for, for Lacey this past year, he was throwing the fastball more than 70% of the time. And that's like Josh Hader type numbers. So you, as a starter, you don't want to see that. It seemed like to me he he was struggling with his command so much. He was falling behind in counts so much that he had to go to the fastball more often than he wanted to. The thing is, is his secondary pitches are great in terms of the quality of them. So that's something that's harder to teach. But the command is going to have to come. 
think the fact that the fastball is sitting triple digits will take some of that pressure off to have to go to those secondaries as much. If Ace Lacy commands his secondary stuff, and I mean, that's a big if. Yeah, he could be an ace, uh, but that is a big if. So we really need to see how he bounces back next year. I'm not relegating him to anything else than that upside for now. I am dropping him a little bit on the prospect rankings just because of the risk, right? I think, I think there's obviously more risk than we initially thought after seeing what happened this season, but that doesn't mean he still can't reach that ceiling. I think there just means that there's maybe less of a chance that he reaches that ceiling though. Hitting 100 is is a really good first step here. I really want to see that command continue to improve. Worst case scenario, which I know nobody wants to hear, he could literally be Josh Hader out of the bullpen. And you know what? Josh Hader was a starter, and he's way more valuable as he is now uh, than he would have been as as a middle of the rotation starter. So that's the fallback is you could potentially have one of the best left-handed relievers in the game. But obviously, you're hoping that he's going to be a frontline starter. And I haven't seen enough to say that won't happen yet. after a 2022 where he does a lot of the same that he did last year, then we could start having that conversation as a college pitcher uh, because he's already getting up there, you know, after two seasons of struggling with command as a college guy, that's when you start to worry, but I'm heading into 2022 with an open mind and, and expecting him to, to make some major improvements. I want to see right now, but good friends over at rockout.com rockout.com is a family owned business serving auto parts online for 20 years. That's right. 20 years ago, you could have been going to rockout.com and finding all the parts that your car would ever need. It's simple, it's easy, it's awesome, rockauto.com. My favorite part about rockauto.com is that I know nothing about cars. I don't have to know anything about cars. All I have to do is have my make, my model, my year, and they're only going to show me car parts that are compatible with my vehicle. That way I'm not wasting time, effort, or money on parts I cannot use or parts I do not need. Rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices of the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Now you have Lofton in your top 10. What, what do you gauge Lofton as? Because the, the infield gets really interesting. If Lofton kind of pans out here, whenever you have Lofton, you have Bobby Witt Jr. And you have, of course, Mondesi and Nicky Lopez for now, as you mentioned, trading Nicky Lopez, but what, what kind of do you view Lofton as? Is he a top 10 guy as a product of, the system being shallow or a product of him actually being very, very talented? I'd say a little of both. Um, the system does drop off outside of the five, six range. Um, and Lofton, though, is a really solid high floor prospect. He's somebody that hit for more power than I think anybody thought he would with the, with the 10 homers and 90 and change games, if I remember correctly. Doesn't strike out at all. Uh, walked a decent amount, good bat to ball skills, good athlete. He's a very well-rounded prospect. One issue that I have with his game that I think could start to really come back to bite him as he gets to the higher levels and then eventually the major league level is, is he pulls everything. And when I was watching him, I mean, teams were shifting him an entire series and he was hitting into the shift a lot. And that's something that kind of comes back to bite you as you get up to the higher levels, as they have more data on you, as they shift you more, and as they pitch to that shift more, uh, as pitchers in high A will miss their spots, even though uh, they're trying to do something else. I still think Lofton can be an average to above average middle infielder. Uh, but, you know, what is how does he fit in with this Royals team? I'm not sure. I do think that at the very least, you're looking at a really good utility player. A uh, super utility guy that ends up racking up 400 play appearances in the year and, and doing a bunch of different things. 
but there, there's still a chance that you have a, an average to above average regular here. I think a big question is how much power is he going to hit for? Um, and, and can he start to have more of an all fields approach if he doesn't hit for power? Because you don't want to be a, a straight pull hitter when you're not a big power guy uh, and you're more of a athletic type of player. I still think he's a solid prospect um, and would be in the top 10 and, and probably half of the systems in baseball. Outside of the top three of Witt Jr. and Melendez and Prado, who is somebody in the system that you look at and you're and you're very confident just on your own eyes and your own you know reports and and looking at these players, who's kind of your guy outside this top three group where everyone loves them? Who's kind of the, the guy that you would be shocked if he does not pan out in some way of being a, a important major league baseball player? I, I mean, to rehash what I said about Vinny Pascantino, I mean he is, he is a hitter. He's a true, true hitter. And I'll bring someone else into, I'll talk about Frank Mazzucato because I really liked that pick, but just to rehash a little bit on, on Pascantino, he walks as much as he strikes out. He now answered the power questions by hitting 24 jacks, super, super advanced swing. He repeats his swing and his movements like a big leaguer does to me. He, exudes big leaguer at the plate. I, I would be shocked if he wasn't a big league hitter. You know, how good will he be? I'm not sure, but a good enough to hang around for a while and be an above average hitter at the big league level. I, I don't know where he's going to end up defensively. I don't know if the bat's going to be valuable enough to be a DH. I think if he's a first baseman, he's hitting for enough power. He's hitting consistently enough. He's a throwback type of hitter that is now starting to really tap into that power. His lower half, he gets into his legs. He's what I call a back leg hitter where he just unleashes on the ball, his weight stays back, he doesn't move. Those are the guys that seem to translate really well, and I expect him to to be able to hit at every level. I don't think he's going to blink at any level. That's how much I believe in his hit tool, and now the power is showing up too. Mazzucato, I think, is one of the steals of the draft, and they underslotted him, so it allowed the Royals to to go overslot in other areas and have a fantastic draft. I love that curveball from Mazzucato. He has a just amazing ability to... Just mix it up. Good command of the fastball, which I think is going to tick up a little bit more right now in the low 90s. The curveball is 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 plus and could be one of those wipeout curveballs that people are putting gifts up on. You know, pitching ninja puts up all the time once he's at the big league level. It's that kind of pitch. And he's already shown feel for for other secondaries. This kid has the makeup. I love everything I've seen from him. I think he's going to be a fast climber through the Royal system and kind of hedges some of the risk that the Royals have had through the years of chasing these guys with stuff. He's got stuff, but he's got pitchability. And I think he's more high floor and should be a middle of the rotation type of starter uh, with the fallback of worst case being a, a back end guy with a nasty curveball. So you launched justbaseball.com in the middle of this past season. How has that gone? How, how has the launch been and, and what exciting things do we have looked forward to as, as the off season rolls around and next season, of course, the first full season of just baseball.com. <laughs> well, no, thank you for asking about that. Yeah. I mean, launching in the middle of the season was obviously not ideal, <laughs> but uh, we were so excited about what we were doing and we thought it would be a little bit of a dry run before the 2022 season and things just really took off, man. And, and it was, it was so much fun. And obviously social media helped a lot. Uh, we were tweeting out articles and at that point, you know, you're not ranking on Google or anything. So it was all almost like a speakeasy, right? Because Google doesn't acknowledge you for a couple of months as a new website, but now all of a sudden we're ranking as a website, you Google top 100 prospects and 
you know, we're, we're sandwiched between baseball America and MLB pipeline. Like I, I thought I was dreaming when I saw that. Um, and now, you know, we're writing these recaps and, and previews on the Royals and Royals fans that are searching up or not Royals yet. That's coming out soon, but Tigers fans that are searching up, you know, Tigers off season, it's coming up for them now too. So it's like, it's been super surreal in that regard. Building the social medias has been awesome. Uh, TikTok, which I knew nothing about, uh, you know, we've built up, uh, a huge following there with 87,000 followers, which I, I still can't even comprehend that that many people like will get our stuff. So it's been a dream come true, man. I can't believe we've only been a few months into this and, uh, I'm just so thankful to be able to have this opportunity. And, and it all really started with this locked on network and being able to talk to people like you and uh, being able to just talk baseball all the time and kind of just carve out a niche. And uh, it's cool to kind of get beyond the prospects, but obviously I'm most of the things that I'm doing are, are prospect related for us. And then uh, we've got guys doing big league stuff all the time, but I, I'm excited to put out the Royals off season preview. We're going to do a ton of free agent profiles, a ton of free agent predictions, all that good stuff. So uh, very excited for the off season. Well, and, and you guys are doing, you know, kind of multimedia. Like, like, I don't think that people understand the scope of, of what just baseball media is kind of becoming and, and is, and is starting. What, what does all this entail? TikTok articles, Twitter, but, but there's so much that goes into it besides just that. What, what is your day? Like with the gaming channels and you have everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. You know, it's funny because I feel like there's always been this this narrative that baseball is is for older people or it's dying or whatever it may be. And I can go dig up an article from the New York Times from 1950 that says baseball's audience is too old. It's in trouble. Well, all those people are unfortunately dead now and, and baseball's still doing fine. And it still has, guess what, the same narrative that, that the, the fans are too old. I think the fans that are sitting down for a three-hour game, which is still me, but most of the fans that sit down for a three-hour game that's not their team, you know, on national TV or whatever it is, those are more older fans. A lot of the younger fans are either illegally streaming it or they just don't watch the whole game, but they still have interest. And I, and I think that's reflected in, in the TikTok, right? Because TikTok is dominated by age 19 to 25. And we have 87,000 followers there. So those are majority kids, that care enough to click follow and keep up with our account. So maybe they might not watch a full broadcast. They might not even read my 1500 word article on the Royals off season, but they're consuming in a different way. And, and there's a market there. So we want to cater to that, but I'm also a traditionalist in a lot of ways too. And I like to write the articles talking about, you know, whatever it may be, or talking about hitting with a prospect and, and doing a profile or whatever, whatever those things entail. So I want to do that as well. And I think we've we've got that audience coming in too through Google and and through you know just the general demographics. But then you've got the gaming side of things too. You know, people love Twitch and love those things, and that's a big part of baseball. MLB the show has grown a lot now that it's gone to Xbox. And why can't you do it all? I think it's it's a daunting task, and and I've learned that now, and it's a daunting task. But we've been able to do it, and we're we're getting better and more accommodating to that. YouTube, as I know, you know, Locked On is making a big move there. We wanted to do that as well. Baseball is a bit of a dinosaur in respect to, to keeping up with, with everything else. And I saw Void and the way it was being consumed. And I figured that you can make it a one-stop shop for everybody. If you want the traditional writing, you can go to our website. If you want the videos, 
and, and short, fun stuff, you can go to TikTok or YouTube. If you want the gaming, you can go to Twitch. If you want the podcasts, we've got that as well. And I kind of wanted just to create a menu for, for a baseball fan to be able to take in whatever they want um, and get whatever they want out of it. I want to tell you right now, but our good friends over at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sport action. It's awesome. They have a new updated site and interface for all of your betting needs from football to basketball to baseball postseason, boxing, UFC, right up to your favorite Vegas casino games. They have it all for you over at betonline.ag. Use our code LOCKDOWN. Get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. A 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. Make sure you use the code right now at betonline.ag and start betting on your favorite sports, including on the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, and this is not some just WordPress, like, .org with site. Like, this is a legitimate a legitimate kind of company that has investors that. and that has like an actual vision that, that will not kind of go away in a couple of weeks, right? Like so often we see these new sites come up and you know, they might be good for like the first couple of weeks and then they just kind of go away and drift away because they don't have that instant success. As you mentioned about you know, sites, not really traffic on Google and things like that early on in their, in their cycle. And so you know, just putting that kind of out there of how legitimized that this is, and it's only going to get bigger as you have your first full season coming up uh, with the, with the spring, uh, spring training coming up and, and games coming up. And we have a whole CBA to look forward to that, and, and all that goes into the CBA negotiations, which I'm sure just baseball will do a good job of making it consumable, which I think oh, that yeah. people will really need. I think that people will have to understand, like have to have somewhere where they can get it in both ways, where it's really in depth. If you understand it, and if you don't understand it, okay, when's baseball coming back and what does it look like? And, and getting updates on that in a consumable way will be a big deal. I think that's something that just baseball has the capability of doing because of, as you laid out there, you have a diversity of you know, employees that can do both ways, that can do both things in depth and, hey, this is what you need to know. And you can go back and enjoy the rest of your life if you don't want to get into the weeds with us. It's so funny you mentioned that, man, because uh, we have uh... – Former Royal, uh, Jeff Conine, uh, who is, is back in us. He's an advisor and, um, I host a podcast with him once a week called outside the box with Jeff Conine, which is, which is so much fun. And he's told some great stories from Bo Jackson from the Royals days and, um, some really cool, uh, just amazing stories that he just has endless, uh, in that regard, but he's now also an assistant coach at FIU. And, uh, I was talking to him and, and we got connected with an FIU professor uh, named Ron Cox. And he's a professor in, in sports business and I'm definitely underselling him. He's a published author. He's an amazing, incredible dude. And I'll be honest, I have no idea what half of this jargon means in the CBA. And I reached, Ron reached out to me and we ended up talking and I was like, Hey, you want to just like explain this in layman's terms for people? Because I feel like no one is actually explaining what any of this means in the CBA. It's all just like purposeful leaks and, and, and leverage and, and tactics and all of that stuff. But I want to know what a lot of this actually means. Like what, what, how, when is the season actually in jeopardy? Cause I can't even trust Rob Manfred one week. It's not happening the next week. There's guaranteed season. Like what is really happening? And we brought him on and he's going to be covering the CBA and uh, being on like the CBA beat uh, this off season, which I'm so excited for because us normal people, which is the vast majority of us, we need someone like Ron to explain to us what the hell is going on. Um, so I am excited to, to have that. 
from him uh, and have be able to provide that for fans as well, because Lord knows it's going to be a mess, Ryland. Oh, it is going to be a mess, mudslinging and all the fun stuff. But we do have a World Series to look forward to before all of that happens. And we saw game one yesterday with the Braves taking it. Jorge Soler, Royals legend, hit the home run to start <laughs> off the, the, the bidding. What's your feeling on this World Series? You have the benefit of having a game under your belt. So what's your prediction for the World Series? Yeah, on the Just Baseball show, I gave out Braves in seven. And... I now think Braves in six. I think the Braves just the, the pitching, the bullpen. I know Morton just went down. That hurts. Uh, but McCullers is out already. They're pitching Urquidy today. Or I guess it would be by the time people are listening, Urquidy would have already thrown. So maybe he'll make me look like an idiot and he shoves. I just think the Astros are almost forced to just throw guys out there that they don't have confidence in. And the Braves are clicking right now. I, I like what I'm seeing from the Braves. They already stole one in Houston. I think they're in the driver's seat. There it is in the driver's seat, heading back to Atlanta. And that scene in Atlanta will be pretty, pretty special. Oh I yeah. I think, I, I think that would be an awesome scene. It'll be, I mean, I, I remember the scene in Kaufman, man. It's a city that was that, you know, Atlanta has been waiting for a world series for 22 years. I remember how long Kaufman was waiting, but it was really cool to see uh, baseball uh, in, in Kansas city really just start to explode there. Uh, I remember the TV ratings went up like crazy. Uh, the fans were so into it. It was blue everywhere. Pretty sure it was the origins of Marlins man too, which kind of sucks. But other than that, it was, it was a lot of really awesome stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Marlins man. But yeah, it, it was, it was awesome. I mean, the, the city just, I mean, it took over the city and even there in the midst of the chief seasons, those two seasons, it was all, it was all Royals. And I, I just, I hope that the chiefs can get back to, to playing good again. And then this team can get back to playing well again as also, and having both of them, as these upper echelon teams in their respective sport would be pretty cool for the community, for the city, for the fan bases. It, it would be awesome. But uh, tell them again where they can find all your great stuff, all of your work and, and kind of what you have planned out for these next couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously plenty of world series coverage right now, but then we're going to be doing a lot of free agent profiles, just baseball.com. You can follow us at just BB media on Twitter you can follow me at RM late Nate. And then of course I'll be doing the farm system rundown on locked on MLB prospects. Uh, at some point, probably Friday, I'll be doing that top 10 farm system episode there. And the article on the top 10 system will be out by the time you're listening to this. So uh, I'll send it over to Ryland to, to put in the description uh, if he wants, or you can find it on my Twitter as well. Uh, but yeah, really excited for free agency. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun and uh, we'll be doing some predictions and, uh, I'm going to predict some free agents over to the Rose. I haven't figured out yet who yet, but I think the Rose are going to be players for some of those, you know, middling guys that could make a difference. And um, so we'll see who I have the Royals getting then in this free agency. What a fantastic, fantastic way to end it. The Royals players and free agency. I hope that we're back on this podcast together talking about who Dayton Moore signed. And I'm going to be trying to convince you that the Royals are a playoff team this year. It'll be so much fun. But again, thank you for joining us. Uh, Thank everyone for listening. And until next time, be good and be good to one another.